It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you love listening to us here on the Temple of Hoop, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Who podcast. I am your co-host, Coach Mabels, a.k.a. J. Mapes here as always with Kings. It's Kingsborough. We have a special guest this week, a friend of the pod. It's like his third or fourth time being on here. Vinay Kilawala. Vinay, what's going on with you, bro? Fellas, I'm glad to be here. Part of Temple of Hoop yet again to talk some hoops uh, and just, you know, everything that's been going on. It's been an yeah. interesting season. It should be an interesting offseason. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, me and Kings gonna get a little break here, but goodness gracious, one week off, then the draft comes. So yeah. <laughs> here we are. And uh, yeah, man, we're here. Um, getting right to it. So I think every year we find out the NBA is a copycat league, right? So, you know, we saw, we talked on spaces about Giannis overcoming historical performance. We touched on that already. There's something that we touched on that me and Kings had a little bit of argument about. So I want to bring it to the pod, man. I think it's always fun to me and him go back and forth. So there was a question somebody posed. I think Vinay actually posed the question. Was uh, I want to talk about it on the pod between us three, the, 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 the group chat three. Um, what did the playoffs, you know, what did the playoffs teach you? We saw us last year about the size, you know, a lot of people were alluding that's why the Warriors went, you know, Wiseman over LaMelo, uh, despite the, you know, ceiling uh, difference. You know, teams buying in the size a lot. And um, what do you think this past playoff run is going to inspire? This all, It seems to happen every year. So what do you think this past playoff run is going to inspire going into the draft and free agency? I'll, I'll start with you, uh, the guests. Vinay, take it away. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think one of the things I've been posting posting or tweeting about is like the biggest takeaways I think I have from this playoffs, even, you know, obviously injuries derailed everything. So we never got real matchups for a lot of them. Um, But I think outside of that, the theme was always like teams that play faster with like, with a more purposeful pace, as opposed to just trying to slow it down and, and chop everything up in the half court and teams that 
sort of prioritize that and prioritize sizing down. Like this is the thing that we talked about in the group chat, specifically as it relates to Anthony Davis. And I don't, I think the best example that we saw was of what what happened with Giannis, right? Like in the, in the playoffs, like against the Nets and then even against the, um, even against the Hawks and then even in the finals against the Suns, Giannis, like there would be long stretches of games where Giannis would size down and he would play the five and they'd play like Bobby Portis and stuff like that. Right. The one thing that I think I've learned is the way that the game is being called by the refs defensively, you have to size down if you're a player. So if you're normally a four, you have to be, if you're a tall four, you got to be prepared to play the five at times like Marcus Morris. Right. right, yeah, right. And, and I think you have to do it because the way the refs, are calling the games they're giving him like leeway too much leeway to like the smaller guys the smaller defenders so i think those are the two things that we saw like the suns when they went really small with like cameron Payne and chris paul and like a, a small lineup they just pick up the speed they can run the floor that's important and and you got to be ready to size down you got to be ready to play smaller than you the, than you actually are because the refs aren't like i don't know about you guys but if any matchup i saw where it was like a big where the offensive player was bigger than the smaller player like the refs just let the smaller player do whatever he wanted. Like he right. wasn't letting them, he wasn't calling right. it even. Right. I think you're leaning kind of where I am today. Well, I think versatility being being a, a huge key about you know your front court players, but probably backcourt too, but definitely the front court uh kings. What do you think the you know the takeaway or you know from the playoffs is or the team? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Brene hit it on the head. You have to be ready to um if you're a, you know if you're a big four, you gotta be ready to play at the five. Um, also though, I think, you know, coach Ricky, I think he leans too much into this, <laughs> but he does bring valid points. Rebounds matter a lot. Um, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they didn't shoot well, but they dominated the glass. And because they dominated the glass, um, they were able to get second, second chance buckets. And, you know, yeah, three is better than two, but, uh, two possessions is better than one. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, if you get two shots at two points and, and compared to one shot at three points, the two shots at two point percentage is going to win out. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's, analy- that's an analytics for you right there. So right. rebounds right. matter, possessions matter. Um, and, and because of that size matters and because of that bigs matter, uh, you know, even if it's situational minutes, mm-hmm. Lopez being able to, 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 physically get second chance buckets offset uh how poorly he could he could defend the pick and roll at times because he was able to get second chance buckets because he was able to deter shots at the rim over the course of the game the bucks still remained in the game or the bucks still found useful minutes from lopez because of these key traits um so you know bigs are important uh but like what they said at the end of the day though your 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 guys, these ultra athletic, ultra lanky, ultra ultra tall guys, they gotta be able to play the five, man. They got like the ads of the world. Right <laughs> here we go. Except <laughs> being a center, bro. Like you just have to, because one thing that does matter, and people wrongly cite the three point percentage to try and disprove this point, but that's not what it means. Spacing matters. And three point percent is not spacing. Spacing is does the defense when they defend your team do they the respect do they yes. respect the shooter that's out there? You know what yeah. I mean? The Bucks shot whatever percent, but they respected 
Drew Holiday. They respected Pat Connington. Like Pat Connington had so many threes he shot that were contested that were terrible shots, but they were contested. Why? Because they had to respect his three. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with Middleton. Same thing with Drew. Even same thing with Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez hasn't been that good with three-point shooting in the past two years. But guess what? He's a threat. They know he can hit. He's made some big threes this playoffs. So teams are going to respect him when he's out there. You know what I mean? They're going to respect that threat. They respected Bobby Portis, and that's why you saw him drive off to his mid-range game because they respected him based off his percent and his ability of hitting open threes. Mm-hmm. You need guys that teams respect. The, you know what I mean? When, when, when you play guys that – when you play players teams don't respect, they're just going to shrink the floor, and they're going to say, look, you can – that guy can be open as much as he wants. We're not going to let you beat us inside because we don't respect <laughs> it. Right. They have to shoot us out the gym. If they don't shoot us out the gym, you're not going to win. And that's what happened to the Lakers. They left all those guys open. They none of them <laughs> yeah, nobody shot. could. Yeah, nobody could hit. Right. Because they, the Suns basically said, "Look, we're not going to let AD. We're not going to let Brown. We're not going to let Dennis Schroeder for the first three games. We've been killing us inside. Get in the paint no more. You're going to yep. have to hit your shots and shoot us out the game, out the gym. And they couldn't do it. So guess what? When we talk about spacing, we talk about guys who, even if they don't make the three, they need to be respected. Right. So that's important. Shooting and the threat of shooting. Both of those are important because when you're open, you got to be able to make the shot, number one. And number two, teams have to respect that you can hit that shot. So you need spacing. You need a threat of spacing. You need bigs. You need a rebound. You need all of those. Every single one of those is what you need in the NBA to win because possessions matter, spacing matters. Period, point blank. Like, that's just the reality situation. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just gonna say I, I think I think the biggest one of the bigger things at least we've seen from maybe this this playoffs as well as last last year's playoffs is you know one of the things that we tend to see happen is when when folks are analyzing the game and stuff like that on the timeline aspiring riders whoever they may be they're always trying to like cut out cut out the like trim out the fat you know when it comes to basketball like these are things that you don't really have to focus on as a team because you can you can give this up and then focus on this and as long as you win that matchup it matters and I think these past two seasons what we've seen is the stuff that people are not talking about winning the rebounding battle winning the points in the paint battle like it doesn't matter like we talk about shooting so much like King said right we're always talking about shooting but in the playoffs almost every aspect of basketball is situational right? Whether Absolutely. you play bigs, whether you point. rebound, whether you're shooting, like I could have 50%, like I was going to say this the other day, like we could have brought in the Lakers, you got Bron and AD and you could have three 50% shooters around them, right? But the first thing that every defense is going to do as a fundamental defense against the Lakers in the playoffs is we're not going to let AD and Bron get layups. We'll yeah. take our chances running out on those shooters, but we're not going to give you easy layups. And I think that's the thing that folks have to sort of start understanding that when it, and the, and the coaches are getting better. Okay. Ty Lue is a good coach. Nate McMillan is a good coach. Like they, they know what they're doing. They know what the offenses are trying to do and they, they get all that tape and stuff and analytics is helping them out. Teams are going to be very aware of stuff like that. So if you have a team whose identity is just to do one thing, I'm just going to keep attacking the rim, attack the rim, attack the rim, hopefully generate threes. Eventually you're going to run into a team in the playoffs situationally. That's going to take that away. They're going to right. put two, three bodies in there. And so right. I, I think we have to take a step back. It's a good thing, I think, because now it makes you think about basketball. You got to think about how do I beat this team? And so I, I think everything – I agree with everything King said. Yeah, well, I think, I think to you guys' point, just evolution, right? You know, these are the smartest coaches, smartest basketball minds in the game behind everything. So 
I think the last few years, the counter is how do we fight all those three-point shooting, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, like King said, more size, try to beat those teams on the glass and in the paint and try to, you know, overcome that math problem. Well, if you're going to get three here, we're going to try to get, you know, X amount of more possessions mm-hmm. to counteract what you're doing. I think that's, to, I think King's mentioned it, that's what Milwaukee did to Phoenix. And they didn't shoot well. They got so many more possessions. You know, yeah. it, it didn't, didn't really matter. So, yeah, I just, I just wanted to get us kicked off with, you know, obviously it's a copycat league. It evolves every year. I just wanted to talk about that before we go into a free agency and kind of how these teams will try to build rosters, how they choose to resign guys, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So obviously, I, I'll, oh, go, go, go. So, go, 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 go. No, I was going to so ask you guys a question, right? So one of the, one of the things I've seen, I saw this from multiple teams, right? So, so the team that did it the most is probably the Nets. Um, but teams that I saw do it were also the Bucks, were the Clippers. Um, and then there's probably a few other teams situationally that did it. I'm seeing more and more teams when everything falls apart defensively, okay? They all go to, here's my best five defenders, switchy defenders. I'm going to play switch everything defense. And it seems like in the playoffs, at least, the best way to minimize all the issues that you may have defending a team is just to switch everything and to put five guys out there that can do that. We saw the Clippers do that with success. Yeah, And I I think to the point, I think um, in Kings raises, I I, I tried to fight him on it, but he makes a point. is why the big man might be coming back because we saw the Clippers in the Jazz. What couldn't Rudy do to counteract that? They couldn't throw it inside. He could. He can't score on Tor- on Terrence yep. Mann, right? Terrence Mann six five, Rudy seven two. They can't dump it in there and get their whole team in foul trouble. You know, force Zubox on the court where they have an advantage, right? So, I think that's the natural uh, counter that is switching everything. But if you have a big, you know, an offense that's going to kill a switch, it's tough. You know, remember, you know, like the Clippers. They were able to do it to get Gobert off the floor. They couldn't get Aiden off the floor. You know, Aiden right. can catch, finish, has a great touch. So a lot of it, I think, like you said, situational. You know, who are we playing? What's the personnel like? How are we going to attack? But I think that is the the, the default counter. And I think most teams just don't have a center. They're going to kill you, you know, from a scoring standpoint, you know, inside. So I, I agree with you. That's that's definitely the team's go-to. And I think I saw Jerry West. He said his ideal lineup is, you know, five, six, seven guys, probably for that. For that Probably, reason, yeah. that's his five, he's at five, six, seven, you know, lengthy guys. That's his ideal basketball lineup. So, I mean, the, the, the Nets came out and ran that from the jump, right? They put Blake at the five, and they were like, all right, we're just gonna play Blake at the five and have him try to spread the floor so that Giannis can't yeah. stay at the rim. Or, and then, real, or, real quick, I gotta give Blake credit because watching what Giannis did the rest of the playoffs, yeah, Blake, I gotta give because Giannis ran rough shot over, <laughs> <laughs> over everybody. I gotta give Blake some credit because. Uh, he still I, put up points on Blake, but it definitely looked more challenging. Exactly, yes. exactly, yes. exactly. Like as well. everyone else. Yeah, because yes. and hey, you, people forget Aiden had a hell of a defensive playoff until he got to the finals. Yeah, that's yep, just yep. A, a, a different breed athletically. So it was rough. So I just I just want to throw that out there. Um, Blake's also a free agent, so we'll see where he ends up. They said he wants to come back to the Nets, though. So yeah, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So let's start with the Lakers. That's all the Lakers. Let's go down all these names, the rumors. <laughs> um, the first one, which I was adamantly against, um, I think you guys were a little more open to it. Maybe, 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 maybe not. We'll see. Was the Russell Westbrook rumor. Um, I saw Kings. Made, well, what did interest me was the uh, the trade exception that would probably happen. Would you say Kings the the trade exception? Yeah, but that I I realize that has to be like they have to not take anyone back. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like that like possibility. So that's, that's, that they have to take. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's. Right. I don't think they're gonna get rest just for, just just for nothing. Uh, just picks, but uh, acquiring Russell Westbrook somehow for um, I believe for KCP and Kuz and, and Trez if he opts in to kind of make that money match right. So the other one was Kyle Lowry. Um, I think he's a little more tricky because he's not taking a pay cut. So that's, that's, that's a little tougher. Um, there was a Chris Paul rumor. I don't think he has any intention to taking a pay cut though. So that, that that's also a tricky ad. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do the point guards first. Then we'll talk about the, the Buddy Hill situation. So where are you guys with this, you know, third creator kind of point guard uh, situation? And what did you think about the Westbrook, Lowry, you know, Chris Paul stuff? So, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll go first. So I think before we start off any conversation <clears throat> about any potential Lakers, uh, Lakers stuff, uh, it, people need to understand this. If your listeners don't already know the Lakers do not, they may or may not want to be hard cap and to hard cap and a hard cap for anybody who's listening that doesn't know means if a player gets signed and traded from another team and the Lakers receive that player, the Lakers will be hard capped. So yep. in the examples, the names that you, uh, that Jay, you described, um, the, the one that falls into that category is Lowry. Lowry would be, yep. have to be signed and traded uh, and, and sent to the Lakers. Uh, Chris Paul would have to opt in to his last year and then be traded. Uh, Russell could be traded straight up. He doesn't have to opt in. He still has uh, his player he options next year. Right. So when it comes, th- those, that's an important part of deciding who's, who's worth going after and stuff like that. So for me, from a basketball, basketball standpoint um if i had to rank the three i'd probably like kyle lowry the most uh even though he does hard cap us kyle lowry i think i've been on a space or on a pod with you guys where we talked about how kyle lowry is a i use that scientific term he's a he's a uh, positive feedback loop point guard where kyle lowry Mm -hmm. understands what's working on the court and when he sees a matchup or he sees something that's working this is like a quality that rondo had even though he wasn't a very good scorer like he'll keep going to that over and over and over again until it stops working. And then he'll go on to the next thing and he'll find ways to do that. So he's a real floor general. I like him a lot. He puts pressure on the rim. He he can shoot the ball, stuff like that. Obviously the next best option is Chris Paul. Um, I don't think he would leave the Suns uh, because I think he really wants that hundred million or that 90 million, three or $90 million deal. I think James Jones is probably going to give it to him because some of those uh, rookie extensions aren't coming up just yet. Uh, So they have the ability to do that. I'm actually, so this was a conversation for the folks that are listening. Like we had a sort of a back, not a back and forth, but like a a conversation about Russ and Russ is an interesting character. I'm not against bringing Russ in. And the reason why I'm not against bringing Russ to the Lakers is because I think if we get Russ, it's going to force AD to play the five. (laughs) And one of the reasons why I think it's going to force AD to play the five. And I tweeted about this is that, 
it's very clear that AD doesn't want to play the five because of his health. He doesn't want to risk his health being bad, right, uh, in, in the regular season. <clears throat> but I think that if he plays with a guy like Russ, similar to how he played with Rondo, he'll be more inclined to play it because Russ will get AD his looks one way or another. And yeah. there is a bu- – there, there is a buddy ball aspect. Mabel's your coach, so you know this. I mean, we've all played basketball in organized fashion. Like, there is a right. buddy ball part of it. Like, nobody wants to play center or grab rebounds for 35 minutes a game and then never touch the ball on the offensive end, right? <laughs> like, that's what we talked about about DeAndre Ayton, right, in the Phoenix series, right. uh, in, in the Phoenix Suns, like, uh, Suns Bucks series. Like, he's doing all this work. He's grabbing 18 rebounds a game. But then Chris Paul and, and uh, what's it called, Booker or whoever it is, they're not setting them up for any looks, right? So he's just playing one side of the game. And I think that's the reason maybe why AD is against playing the five at times because he doesn't know if he's going to get that ball. You know, they're just going to look at him like a finisher. So I'm not against Russ being coming to, to Lakers. I think he does push the pace really well in transition. And to – real quick, just, just to, to that point about the, 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 the playmaking aspect, his grades are higher. His playmaking grades, like, you know, assist quality, mm-hmm. looks his playmaking grade, according to B-Ball Index, the only guy higher was LeBron. I just not gets just like his playmaking in general. So yeah, like he helps there. I just I like Kings God. I know he's got to lean towards me. Yeah, go I'll, ahead, finish up. Finish yeah, up. no, yeah. All I can say is like the, the things that I look at um, is it, I, I think I agree with Kings, and he's probably gonna mention this. The only way that I'm okay with us adding Russ is if AD is playing the five, or we have a guy who's playing the five that can shoot the shit out of the ball yeah. from the perimeter because we cannot have AD playing the four and then have like Dwight. Or, right. or somebody like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't yeah. do that anymore because that, that's just not going to work. And like we talked about at the beginning, I think smaller defenders are just going to beat the crap out of AD in the regular yeah. season. And he's going to get hurt again because he, he doesn't want to play the five. So I'm not against it. I think there's good things and bad things with him. But I do agree. The stuff about his late game decision making, um, some of the bonehead stuff that he does when he gets mad and stuff like that, that's stuff that we have to work, that that it is it is something that we have to pay attention to. Right. Go ahead, Kings. Yeah, you know, the rest situation, bro, um, <laughs> wasn't my number one by any stretch of the means, obviously. Um, but, you know, I was like, look, Lakers need help with rebounding. They need help with transition offense. They need help with playmaking. They help with shooting. They help with spacing. Russ, you know, for what it's worth, Russ helps with three of the five of those options. Three of the five of those options, he improves the team. Um He's an improvement over Dennis Schroeder, better player in the vacuum, and better in most aspects of the game. Uh, so I was like, you know, you get if you get Russell Westbrook, you get Buddy Hill, maintain your flexibility to add more shooters, you push AD to the five, it's doable. You know what I mean? You're going to have to find ways to scheme for the fact that, he, that if you close with Russell Westbrook, teams will just not guard him at the end of games. Mm-hmm. Right. You, that's you have to address that question. You have to have yeah. an offensive scheme to address that question. So that's something you're going to have to deal with. But um, there's ways to make it work. Um, I mean, OKC was finding ways to win with Robertson and Russell Westbrook on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's with Steven Adams. So, you know, it's not like you can't win. You can win. Russell Westbrook has gone to a finals you know, Russell Westbrook has competed with playing along other stars. So it's not like Russell Westbrook can't play with stars. He can. Mm-hmm. He just can't be the guy, but he can play with stars. He can play off of stars. But the issue, you know, I think 
the issue comes with how you build the roster once you get him. But I think if they were to get him based on who they're targeting, I think they would build it. You know, I, I warmed up to them building it correctly. But here's 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 the real here's the real problem. Honestly, we're talking about trades that probably won't happen. Number one, because while yes, we think that Russ Westbrook to Lakers makes the most sense, it doesn't make sense. But it's two things that have to happen there. One, Bradley Beal needs to be needs to ask out Washington officially. Yeah. Yep. He needs to leave Washington because that's the only way they're going to blow that up. He needs to leave Washington. Will he leave Washington? People say, oh, he's going to be a free agent. But Vinay brought up a good point. $200 million. $200 million. I mean, what's what's to say that what he's doing right now with the way, like, all the information's kind of coming out, like, the, the way it is, he's not doing the same thing that, like, Zion or doing the same thing that like Luca, like they're all they're all saying, look, this is my one opportunity to have leverage over this organization. We just got a new regime. I think they got a new uh, PBO, like a new president of basketball operations, new coach. They're like, this is my only chance to apply pressure on this on this that this team that we got to compete. I'm not trying to be the, the worst team in the league. And so, hey man, more power to him. This is the one chance you get to do it. Might as well do it. Two hundred million dollars. I don't know how badly he wants to win. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, I know he wants the bag. So he has to ask out officially. And then here's another second crucial point. Dennis has to want to play for Washington. Yes, talk us talk and about this because a lot of people talk about Dennis is gonna go wherever they want to send. Dennis, him. like people are talking like the Lakers have have his rights. He's an unrestricted free agent. He doesn't have to do shit as far as we're concerned. He can walk <laughs> and you can't tell him nothing. Yeah, and that's the main trade piece for any big star trade because he's the biggest salary filler you have, who's somewhat of an okay asset to take on because he's a productive player, he's a young player that could be moved down the line. So if you don't have him, you can't make any big trades. Yeah, that, that's so, just so, the bottom line. So right, right, right so, now, Vinay, the Lakers only have LeBron and AD under contract, correct? And then yes. Kuzma and Kuzma and uh, KCP. KCP. That's the four guys yep. on the contract, right? Yep, yep. That's crazy how different. Yeah, I mean, we, we have we have Gasol. Often, we 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 yeah. think. Yeah, and we have Gasol. Yeah, we're waiting on Trez. Um, I think McKinney's an unguaranteed contract. Uh, they could probably guarantee it and flip him if they need to add a little bit more salary. Obviously, we have our pick too. But literally, like we have like five guys on the roster that are actually like on the roster, like contracting <laughs> on the roster. That's why, like today, uh, as we're recording this, like today, people are like, I saw. I'm not gonna name the Nets writer, but there's like a Nets. It's always funny when it's Laker news because it's always friends of other, or it's always writers from other fan bases that are trying to get their jokes off, but then they're not Absolutely. paying attention. Mean, it's just like they're like, oh yeah, they show you know they show KCP and Kuzma. They're trying to shop them. It's like well, literally yeah, we can't shop Nets nobody else. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, got nobody else to shop. You know so. Um, but Kings, you're right. Like, um, Dennis, Dennis does have all the value. The only thing that I will say that we should add to that sort of conversation is Dennis is trying or Dennis's agent or Woj or CAA or whoever, whoever's representing them. They're trying to make it seem like there's, there's 25 million a year out there for him. I just, me as a Laker fan, I just don't see it because if you're talking about Chris Paul, you're talking about Kyle Lowry. You're talking about even Westbrook possibly being available for a trade. Also, another sneaky one, Mike Conley, I think, is yeah. also available. Right. Conley, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, if any of those guys come and say, ah, you know what? We'll, we'll do it for $25 million. Like, I'm, I'm an old – like, if Mike Conley goes, you know what? I'm an old guy. 
Like I get it. I'm I'm kind of old. I'm a little bit injury prone. I'll play for play for twenty to twenty five million, no matter what the team it is. Or say Lowry. That Lowry's. I think Lowry's been asking around for like twenty five mil. Chris Paul right, asked right, for right. thirty, but I'm, he may come to twenty five too. Like if you take all of those names, all guys that are you know Lowry's a champion stuff like that. Conley and and Chris Paul have led multiple franchises as lead guards. Right. And then, and then Dennis is asking for the same amount of money. It's just like. Are the Knicks going? Are the Knicks really going to sign Dennis at twenty five mil over over if Lowry comes to them and says, "Hey, I'll play for you guys for twenty Like, of course not. And so that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like, well, if you're a Lakers fan, there's a little bit of pushback you can give in regards to that. But the idea that Dennis is just going to sign and go to wherever we want to send him, that's not happening. Like, yeah, so I think it's going to be a little give and take as far oh yeah, for sure as far as that goes. Yeah, man. <laughs> So the rumor, how, hey man, this, that's how it works. That's right, how, exactly. This, that's that, how it works. Exactly. Free free agency, baby, is free. Um, yes, sir. So the rumor I did like that has actually has traction, you know, according to Shams, which is the guy who's tapped in with the Lakers, is the uh, Sacramento deal. I think it makes sense for so many reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Barack Kuzma played his best offensive basketball under uh, Luke Walton Luke, in a yep. tempo system, just kind of running the floor. Uh, Lakers are dying for shooting. There's Buddy Hield. Uh, KCP brings some defense to the Kings, which is, you know, they're historically bad defense last year. So it works for so many reasons, for so many teams. It does have legit traction, you know, per Shams. I hope it happens. I think, you know, Peel takes 10 three-pointers a game, which is an insane volume, yes. and he hits at 39 39.5%. That's almost 40% on 10 attempts a game. That's yes. a match made in heaven next to LeBron and AD, in my opinion. And he's clutch. Um, and he's clutch, yeah, big, big shot maker. With and, and clutch with the K too. He's clutch right. with the. Yeah, he's, clutch. He's also clutch. Well, I'm saying both. both. Oh, I, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've, been yeah. A, I've been a buddy fan since Oklahoma. I've been a big, big buddy fan. Um, he's been too kind of suspect franchise. Went from the Pelicans under old cheap ownership to Sacramento. Now it's just you know bad draw. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, uh, I think I, I think he cro- he checks off on the box that that. Uh, both probably me and Kings like, which is the sample size on his shooting is exactly. very large. Five yeah. seasons of quality shooting, regardless Man, of what team he's on, is a big 10 deal. threes a game. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. 40% on 10 threes a game for the past two, three years. Also, a lot, I like a little bit, of, just not a, not great, but just a, a, enough off, enough on ball creation. Yes. Yep. Can he attack a closeout? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I'm really a fan of this happening. There are people saying that on the pick and roll, he, he exactly. has a little there, bit of that. Yeah, there are people saying, you know, you know, Kuz and KCP is too much. My thing is, you got to give a little to get a little, mm-hmm. right? And then um, on top of that, his contract he's at twenty two point nine million this year, but it decreases every year. And then the last yes. year, something nineteen million, which is great salary ballast if another trade or a superstar opens up, right? So. Uh-uh. That skill set is never gonna diminish, exactly, man. That's yeah. always gonna have value. Exactly. Like exactly. people bring up the contract, like you think you a forty percent three point shooting guard at, at that man, volume, <laughs> at that volume, that's gonna always be able to have value around the league. Even for up and coming teams who are trying to develop guys, they'll look at that and be like, "Hey, we want to take this contract on because we can develop our guys with this with this guy. He's gonna help us develop." Like people don't look at it from that aspect. You know what I mean? They're not looking at all the aspects of the game. I think another thing. To, with with the uh, with the with the Buddy Hill uh, situation as well is that man he's he's pro- he's really proven you know what I mean teams will have to respect him you know what I mean they will have to respect Buddy Hill that he will hit a three it's not one of those average shooters where you hope that percentages go up when he plays with LeBron 
a Buddy Heald is a proven shooter. He will get it. And, and I don't think it would cost KCP. I've actually been talking about this with people. Um, you know, if you look at the King situation, I'm not sure they retain Rashawn Holmes. And yeah. I, I'm not, he wants I'm a lot of sure money. They, yeah. He wants a lot of money. Charlotte needs a big man, has a lot of money to spend. I think that's probably why you hear the rumors of Trez opting in because that, 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 you know, that Charlotte connection that was there last year, I don't think it's there this year. I think, I think Charlotte wants Rashard. And I think the heel, you've seen the heel game trashes. I think the Kings might look for Trez as the Rashawn Holmes uh, safety valve. So I think a Kuz and, Rash- and Trez trade for, for Buddy Heel addresses two needs for the Kings and allows them to free up their guard rotation as well. And on top so of that, and on, and on top of that, it, everybody knows Buddy Hill hates Sacramento. <laughs> so, exactly. Like that, exactly. that only makes a trade that much. They know he doesn't like it there. So yeah. like that only makes a trade that much more likely and easy. Right. Sack been wanting Kuz for like three years now. You know what I mean? Like, and not even fun, like, and not even fun. Like people took this the wrong way. You know, Kuz won his championship. You know, maybe it's time for him and his eyes. I got to prove myself as a player. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's got one more big deal, I think, coming up. You know, he'll be after this contract, he'll be 28, I think. 27. Yeah, 28. Yeah. Money, that's, that's, money matters a lot to these exactly, guys, man. Exactly. It, it matters a lot. Right. So like, I won yeah, my championship. Yeah. You hear the rumblings about you know the quality of player that he thinks he is or the level of other guys he thinks he's on. That's a great place to prove yourself. When you got a great point guard who I think similar to uh, Lonzo was kind of in transition to where Kuz likes to play and kind of can can spoon feed him where he can just finish and play up and down. I think I think it works for both. Like, honestly, like I, you know, my hate for the Kings goes back to early two thousands when they were you know, whatever. But honestly, no, but- I honestly think that that goes that works for both teams. Just and they signed and they signed Damian Jones too. So you know, they could run a lineup of Fox, Halliburton, Kuz. Barnes, Damian Jones, and have right. Tres be that's the fun. six man. That, that, yeah. that, that that fits their philosophy. Right, right you know what right. I mean, fits how they yeah. want to play. So, yeah, so you got you guys are you both are all you both are in favor of the acquiring heel, correct? Yeah, yeah, I I, I like that idea. I, I just just to give a shout out to um, Jason Jones, who's the the beat writer in, on the Athletic for the Kings. He actually, I was reading through his article today because I think he saw all the all the hubbub about like heel being offered off the Shans report, and he actually did a nice write up. Uh, about explaining why that it would it would be a good deal for Sacramento right, okay. to make okay. make yes. a Trez Trez Coos deal for for uh, and specifically what he was saying is that it would open up minutes for Halliburton to play next to Fox because apparently Fox likes to play off the ball because it lets him stay in attack mode he doesn't have to make yeah. plays and Halliburton's a natural point guard you know like they say he's he got, a like, facilitator he's got, yeah exactly and so that and they're saying that not only that but you know aside from healed not wanting to play there like you mentioned jay like <laughs> they were saying that like um barnes playing the four wore wore him down as the season went on and so getting a guy like Kuz who can play the stretch four for them in their philosophy and stuff like that and then pairing him with guys like halliburton and then you have like the trez situation where trez would be like the guy who replaces Holmes in those small ball lineups that they want to run running up and down the court like it, it makes too much sense for them not to consider doing it. And, exactly uh, exactly and so, why I proposed that that trade for Heald. Like, I proposed that weeks ago because, yeah. like, I was just looking at the Kings' needs and the Lakers' needs. I'm like, this makes too much sense to not get done. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, 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 it fixes two issues. The, the other thing I will say about Heald is this. Um, you guys remember uh, there was a game where KCP passed up a couple of wide-open threes and Braun got in his ass and stuff like that yeah, on the sidelines yeah, and he yeah. was on there? Heald's not doing that. 
Like he was, Ever. he was like one of those Ever. guys. He's gonna look off Bron. He's just gonna keep shooting the ball and shit like that. And if anything, Bron will probably get mad at him for shooting the ball too much. But like, the Lakers need guys like that. They need guys that are not just gonna always look for Bron to bail them out every possession. And they need guys that are just willing to let that shit fly and stuff like that. So absolutely, um, uh, I think he's a good ad. And that brings me up to the, another point too. If, if that goes down, at that point, you have to get rid of KCP. And I think, and I, I personally think that KCP. If you do get rid of him for a week, I like, like I was looking at the league. I really like, and I proposed at the day, I really like KCP for Terrence Ross. I think that's a really good swap mm-hmm. that that the Lakers should look into. Uh, Terrence Ross is, is a capable three-point shooter like KCP, but he also does more off the ball. I mean, more with the ball offensively. He can do more. That makes you more dynamic. You get slippage on defense. Yeah, I was going to Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask. So if you add... I wanted to ask you guys. So you add Buddy Hill and you add a guy like T. Ross, the defense does take a hit. You know, cool. It, it takes a hit, but I, I think with Terrence Ross, though, the the reason why I also take him is that he's bigger than KCP. Okay. So I think he can okay. he can operate more as an actual wing player. You know, with AD behind him, because he he's really truly six six and has and has some length. I think Terrence Ross can really operate as a three. Because remember, we try to run those three guard lineups. Mm-hmm. We use KCP at three, but KCP is really undersized. So that's yeah, why bigger, 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 bigger wings would just eat him yeah, up. Yeah, like, you know, I, I think with Terrence Ross, you actually get the physicality and the athleticism and the size to really actually guard threes. So that's why I like that Terrence Ross for KCP swap. Right. Okay. You, you, you guys think? Offense. Do you guys think that, like, for the Lakers – so this is something that I've been – like, we've talked internally about, uh, but, like, I think one of the things that maybe people don't talk about enough on NBA Twitter is the is the ability to attack a closeout correctly is a skill. Like, yeah. like you know, like, it, it, if you remember, like, Warrior fans were complaining about Kelly Oubre. And I remember, like, as I was watching some Warrior games, I was just like, when Kelly sees somebody close out on him, he's, like, making the wrong decision every time. Yeah, like, he's shooting when he should be attacking. Right, he's yep. attacking when he should be shooting. And I was just like, this is like highlighting to me how important it is to be able to actually correctly attack a closeout, whether it's drive, kick, or shoot. And I think that's something that the Lakers have to try and add. Like that's why I like the buddy ad. I think I think Kings, your your point of like adding a guy like um, Terrence Trotz, he's another guy I think who knows how to attack a closeout correctly. And that kind of stuff matters because when you get in the playoffs and teams and teams scout you. Like, you don't want, like, an Alex Caruso kind of situation, right? Where, or a KCP situation where people go, okay, he, if, he gets, if he doesn't get the three, he's giving the ball up. He's, he's not doing off, anything else with it. The three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so so I think Lakers, a, a team like Lakers, I think all teams should do this, but you got to have as many of those guys that you can try to do and maintain as much defense as you can. Mm-hmm. I think Vogel's defense is good, man. I, I think they'll be able to cover up for some of the deficiencies. Right, right. That, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. When I was uh, – and I, I saw Kings earlier mention something about, um, you know, if they add Westbrook, Going back to that real quick, being able to to plan for that offensively, Vogel's shown me a lot defensively. Offensively, I do not trust him to be able to make that work. It just that's, that's just his track record the last couple yeah. of years. But that that's all. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Last thing about Lakers before we move on to to the other big name that kind of dropped today. The Lakers have an excellent track record of drafting the last few years. You know, late early, they all late early first round. They always get a productive player for the for the most part. So with that in mind, are you in favor of them keeping 22 and possibly hitting on another uh, young guy? There's some names I do like late. Um, or you want them to flip that for an asset that helps them win now. Where are you guys with that? Or do you just evaluate based on who's left on the board like or like a fluid situation? Where are you guys? 
I flip it if it makes sense, though. But you know, okay. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not in the mindset of flipping it just because. You know, okay, I, mean? I got you. Get okay. like an average role player. You know what I mean, I'm not. You know, you. I'd rather you draft a cheap talent that can produce in like you know situational minutes, than try and trade that, add that on to maybe squeeze out instead of, for example, instead of getting uh, healed. And, and uh, instead of getting healed and retaining dance or getting healed and uh, Terrence Ross, right, you squeeze that 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 pick with other assets to try and just shoot for Terry Rozier. You know I mean? That's marginal increase yeah. from like a Buddy Heald uh, trade with, with Ross or a Buddy Heald retaining Dennis, but you lost your 22. I mean, that's, that's not yeah, me, yeah. that's not that's not worth it. But if, 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 if it's there for someone like CJ McCullough, then oh, yeah, you know, yeah. by all means go in. Yeah, so it's based on yeah. the situation, but I think it's, I really, I really like Lakers. The one thing the Lakers have earned my complete trust on is drafting. It's like it's very few, but yeah. very, very rare these last you know four or five years they get a guy that's not productive. So that's kind of yeah. I think I, yeah, I think there was another report that came out that the Lakers were trying to trade that twenty-two and come out of that so they can grab a couple of second rounders because there were some guys that they liked that that they thought would fall to like the top of the second round. So I'm not against trading the pick, but I'm with Kings on that one too as well. Like. It has to be somebody who's like so, like an upgrade, right? Like so, if 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 KCP, if I need to give KCP uh, and then guarantee McKinney's contract and throw the twenty two in to get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, like he's probably going to help the Lakers more in the long run than than that twenty two will uh, for now. Like or or for a guy like CJ or for a guy like uh, I think McCollum costs you a lot more, obviously. Uh, so you'd be more than that. But like those kind of role players that are very good impact role players, but you have to be smart about it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't think you could just throw it up. Um, what, like what how it is, but. Kings, what about your boy Chuma, man? You're not age your brethren, man. <laughs> what about it, man? <laughs> they, 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 would you, would you, would you pick him up? I know they're real, still, still real big on Isaac there. So his role is kind of in question. So what would I pick? Would I pick him up for the, uh, for the magic? No, for like for the, tw- like if you would like to try to acquire him for 22 for him. And <laughs> But I think they like him, right? Orlando likes him a lot. They I think, like I think well, a... he he played a lot because you know Isaac couldn't play this yeah, year. Yeah, the the yeah. four, yeah, that he yeah. he shoots he shoots he shoots really he shoots really good. Yeah, that's why that I'm asking. Yeah. He, he does a lot. He's like he's like he he's gonna fit into that you know that Mikael Bridges like three four. He has a lot. Of, he has he has a he has a lot of potential. Um, I'm just not sure that that's what they should do because. That's the type of player, man. You have to get him if AD's actually going to play center, bro. That's yeah. Like you okay, can't waste re- okay. you can't waste resources on guys like that and then not play them at the with the positions they right. should be playing because your star player doesn't want to play the position he would be best at. Like I got that's you. AD's going to be how he's going to be, and you're going to be doing this hybrid stuff. <laughs> and you have to build your team. You have to build your team around that. You have to get you have to play Marcus. People are like, oh, you're starting Marcus. Oh, yes, because AD doesn't want to start at center. Will he play center more? Yeah, but he doesn't want to start at center. So yes, yeah. you have to play Marcus. Oh, yes, you have to sign Dwight Howard. <laughs> you don't have to allocate too much resources to getting bigs who you won't play later, but you have to sign them. Right. Yeah. AD, yeah. I, I really I, I I think in retrospect, like hindsight twenty, they just keep Damian Jones if they knew. Oh yeah, they just we, you know. the funny thing is a lot of a lot of us were saying that because we again we well, for, he, eyes. well he shot he shot ninety percent as a Laker. That's the Bro, first. He thing. was doing everything you asked of a right. main player: finish plays, give effort on defense, rebound, 
make smart decisions. Don't try to play out your comfort zone. He did everything yeah. he asked. <laughs> Our eyes saw the production. We were we were winning. We were competing. But nah, you. I need the Lakers, and I need Lakers fans to stop chasing names, bro. Like I, yes. I really need them. We have done that for two seasons, and it literally has bitten us because it bit us with Kawhi. You know, you couldn't get Seth Curry. You couldn't sign Brogdon. And, and those type of good plays because you went big name hunting, you got burned. Then you went name hunting last offseason in trade, in, in, in signing. I mean, Dennis was actually a good trade. Like, yeah. all things considered, we just didn't play the right offense. But you signed Trez with the Elmer League. Remember, I was skeptical, Naples. I, 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 myself, I was always, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I talked myself into it, but I was skeptical. I didn't want to do that. It was a waste of resources to me, and I was correct. It was a waste of resources. But you talk yourself into it because, oh, you have to get if the talent's available, blah, 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 blah. And then you made a mistake. Another thing chasing names. Then you continue that mistake. You doubled <laughs> down. Even though you were successful with Gasol, you doubled down with the approach and got and it burns you again. So that's <laughs> the roster. We need to get good fits. We need to run good offense. Right. Who? All right. Last thing before we move on, I want to ask y'all. Um, possibly adding Carmelo at a vet men. You in or out on that? Yeah. If, like if you trade Kuz, like yeah, it. you should go ahead and add okay, Carmelo. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the other big name yeah, I mean, that the, the Lakers need the go ahead, go ahead, we, go ahead, we go. need guys that do not defer to no, we just we just need I were to say this all season. The same way you've been talking about AD has to play the five. <laughs> the Lakers need to bring on guys that do not defer to Braun because Braun is 36 and 37, and smaller defenders and refs are allowing the smaller defenders to do that. He is getting the shit beaten out of him every time he drives to the rim. We need guys who can get it on their own so that every now and then Braun can give it to him. They can try and get it. I'm not saying we got to get Michael Beasley, right? I'm not saying we got to get Lance Stevenson because those guys get a little erratic with the way that they play. But Melo knows what he's going to do. He's going to do his two dribbles. He's going to post up. He's not going to go. He's not going to play outside of his game. The Lakers can't rely on just Braun to do everything because these kind of injuries are going to eventually, the game's getting faster. The defenders are getting in in the, his foot space. He's going to get hurt from these kind of random things because that's just the way the league is going. We can't rely on Braun like that. And if he wants to play five, six years, like he's saying, or play until he's like 40-whatever, like we have to – this regular season, we can't let him get beat up like this. Like we got to keep him healthy in the playoffs. Right, right, the same right. goes for AD. And that's why people who are, who are mad about – Dennis, look, if you can't get an asset for Dennis, you have to retain him. Because regardless of how you, how emotional you get when you talk about Dennis Schroeder, the fact of the matter is he is a rim pressure, uh, yes. he's a rim pressure specialist, period, point blank. He takes away possessions from Braun having to attack the rim and create inside out. That's what Dennis Schroeder's specialty yeah, is. And he's he can also thrive in, on, in transition. If you set the transition up right, he can use his feet to try and finish as well, take pressure off Ron. Same thing. He's not the best decision maker, but hey, you have to help develop you. You have to help run offense that help makes it easy for him. We don't run offense that makes it easy. Like yeah, that, that, yeah, that's yeah, why he take... doesn't look as good as when you play with OKC. Yeah, I was gonna say he was you know I mean? so, yeah, yeah, he he was an above average finisher in OKC and he was just bad with the Lakers. I think a lot of that is just Lakers just didn't space the floor very well. So everything was contested. Yeah. So like, Ma- Ma- Maples, you remember you, you you remember the Lakers of the 2000? You you remember Scotty, Scotty on the Blazers, on that young Blazers yeah, team? Yeah. He was like the old vet, him and Steve yeah. Smith in there. Like you remember it was like Bonzi and it was like, I mean, Damon Stoudemire was a little bit older too, but like 
they had a bunch of young dudes that could run and they could Bonzi, play their Rashid, athletes. Bonzi, Scotty, Rashid Wallace, yeah. Yeah, and then Scott, but Scotty was always like that 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 normalizing force, right? Like right. whenever he was on the court, he would always do something impactful. He'll get them in the right spots, and it was a dogfight for the Lakers. Like the way I think about Braun finishing his career is not like he's he's just gonna wake up and say I'm done. The way I think of him is still being a very impactful player, but being impactful in a smart way. And I think his IQ is so high that he'll find a way to be impactful that the Lakers got to stop asking him to do this grunt work. Like we got to stop yeah, asking yeah. him to like go drive 20 times a game. Like we, we need, we need to use them the right way. And so that's, that's my, yeah, we need to post up. We need to post up Brown more. We need to get him. Uh, we need to get him. Um, we need to get him in transition. We need to use Brian yes. as a finisher. Uh, we need to use Brian to pick and roll. AD and Brian are your four and five, bro. AD and Brian. Yeah, they have to, to be. Have to use him as a four, bro. Sure. We talk, we, I, I said this years ago. Brian's going to end his career as a four. That's where he's naturally going to progress because as he loses as less, as he'll still have a great talent, but he can't get it from the perimeter anymore. Right. He has to transition more into the post or as a finish, play finisher or as somebody who scores from transition, he can be a playmaker when it comes, he can be a premier guy when it comes to closing games. You know what I mean? When it comes to closing games and you need a guy that's going to get you a bucket whenever, like he can be that all worth score, but he can't do that throughout the course of the game and, 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 and destroy his body. So that's why you need that represent. That's why I was like, you know, I'm okay with Russ if you can get him. You know what I mean? If you can't get him because Schroeder doesn't want to go to Washington, uh, Washington doesn't want to trade him because Bill hasn't asked out, Gotta retain Schroeder, bro. You have to do it. Like you have to do it, bro. Like you, you have to. Like it's just no other. It's no other. No, nothing else right. to say. Like you gotta, you gotta retain it. Right. Speaking of Bill, that's a good segue. That was the other big name, the big biggest thing that's come up so far. As far as uh, it went from he was committed to, you know, staying in Washington. Reports came out uh, that he was on the fence. Now the reason I took him seriously is because usually when something. Incorrect comes about about Bill. The wife is on a timeline letting us know it's fake. When she didn't say anything, I was like, okay, it might be some real smoke. To, it might be some real smoke that he's on the fence. So um, it's rumored that the Warriors are really pushing not to use the seven and 14 pick. Uh, like some Allegedly some pressure was applied by the three guys in their core that are still there uh, to, to, to make a push for it. And now, um, Bradley Beal asks out. He's in a little bit of AD situation because he has where he has a lot of power to dictate where he ends up because he got that player option. So teams are going to be worried about how much they offer if they can't get a long term commitment. The Warriors uh, possibly will be able to secure that and still have a championship window. So, what did you guys think of the Brad Beal kind of being from committed going from being committed to Washington to kind of on the fence? You know, coincidentally, his teammate. And in Tokyo, well, getting ready for the games, he didn't go to Tokyo, but he did spend some time with Draymond <laughs> on in, in Vegas. Um, you know, take that. I'm, start, for I'm starting. I'm starting to think these Olympic runs right. are just recruiting events. Yeah, They're right. not take, even basketball take, events. Uh, yeah. They take just that, got yeah. beat by friends yeah. too. So take, take yeah. that as you take that for you know whatever. But where are you guys with with the Bradley Beal, and kind of where would you like to see what teams would you like to see kind of plunge and, and, and make a swing at them? You know, especially if the Warriors can do it for a seven fourteen. I think seven fourteen Wiseman and Wiggins is kind of the starter. I think so. Yeah. Where, where are you guys with that? You want to go first, Kings? You want me to go first? With the with the Warriors and Bill, and 
Go ahead, go first. I'll, yeah. I'll say my first. Yeah, so, so, I, so all I'm going to say is this. I, I, I mean, I think the Warriors do have a great package, like starting off package, like the, the fact that they have a 7 and 14. And a lot of people have talked about like this draft having some pretty good, like pretty good players, like all, all throughout and stuff like that. Um, I think when you take it, when you zoom out on the Wizards situation, they've got a new coach, they've got, you know, a GM that's trying to make moves. There may be a part of them that's okay with him asking out also because. They want to rebuild the team and kind of the image. Reset uh, that, button. Reset button. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, and I mean, if, if if the Lakers are interested in Russ, they can get out of Russ's contract real quick too. So that would be a big boon for them. Him going to the war. So aside from the team, okay, for the, I'm just gonna put the team to the side because it's the Warriors. Um, I think there's probably some questions about the fit of adding somebody like him. He's very talented, and I'm also on board with the. If you got a talented guy that's that talented, just add him to the team and figure it out later. <laughs> but I, I, I do I do think that there is like some questions about like how do you run a Curry, Beal, Clay, Dre, and then whoever's playing Looney or whoever's playing Kavan, who's playing the five. I don't know. Like we've seen a situation where the the Warriors, at least in this past season, they took two guys that were like kind of really high quality athletes, right? And, and decent volume scores in Ubre and, and Wiggins. And we saw Wiggins be successful, but then we saw Ubre not be successful. Now, I'm not saying that Clay and, and Beal and Curry can't be successful, but like I think there's a learning curve that has to happen, right? It doesn't just fit. It's not KD, right? Because KD just stands anywhere, shoots a ball, it's going in like 60% of the time. So I think from a package standpoint, I think the Warriors are in good position. I think a seven and a 14, I would expect the Wizards to ask for at least the, 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 the four picks or the three future picks or whatever it was like like the ad deal or or like the Harden deal um to do that i don't know if they like wiggins i don't know if they like wiseman i don't know if they want to rebuild with those guys um but i think the warriors are definitely in good position to to like target somebody like them but i will also say this if a guy like beal the same way damian lillard has possibly become available from portland i think teams like new york i think other big, big teams like that really need like a team like Philly is going to be willing to sell out as anything and everything they possibly can to add a guy like that. If they know that yep. they can resign. Yeah, so, my, my, yeah, my, my question, but my fault here before you before you go Kings is you know, I alluded to Bill has a lot of say so where he goes because oh, yeah. any of those teams pitch in, all he has to do is I'm not going to sign an extension there. My agent, my agent said I'm not going to sign an extension there. Like he can literally steer where he wants to go, what I think is the key point. It's not like Dame where, you know, you will hope they would do right by Dame, but at the end of the day, he's got a super max. He hasn't even started the contract on you. He's got yep. four years. So it's like Portland, I think I think O'Shea and, and the owner are going to look at him like, Dame, you got four years left. I, I, I can't take the worst deal from you just because you want to go there because you got four years left. Right? I, I got to take the best deal for the team. But yep. Bill, he can steer. Because after this year, he's a he can opt out. He's like, I'm just opting out. And he's going to get paid regardless because he's Bradley Bill. So, yep. Kings, where are you with Bill? Bill, man, it depends on what he wants, bro. Does he really want to win? You know what I mean? If he don't want to win, if he wants his cash, this is just a non-topic. And then also, like, there's something about him wanting to play with Boston. So, ultimately, if Bill wants out, he's going to dictate where he wants to go because he has yeah. one year left on his deal. Yeah. He has one year left on his deal. So, if he really wants out, it's just about where he wants to play, period, point blank, because – if he don't want to play for you, you you're not going to give up your your picks for it. You know what I mean? So it, it's about where he want to play. Maybe that Boston thing leaked so that the Warriors don't make a push for him. Who knows? <laughs> but, 
It's yeah, a lot yeah. up in the air with Bill. Honestly, we have to wait. We really have to wait. Yeah, you know what? What I'm what I'm I'm learning is the last couple of years that I got more into the, you know, the tweeting side of things, and you know, talking to people who are, who are kind of tapped in. These agents and players and teams use these reporters like puppets, man. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. And then you just start drawing the lines. Okay, now that you know we've been in it a few years now. Okay, that's from an agent. That's from his agent. That's yep. from the team. It happened the same thing, you know, where Rich Paul and David Griffin were using reporters to, you yep. know, get their stand, get their strong, get their standing points across about, you know, lines. Da- da- Damon, Damon, Chris Haynes, when yeah, Chris Damon, Haynes Chris comes Haynes, out, I was right. just like, come on, bro, what are we doing here? Yeah, like- when Chris Haynes said that Damon's <laughs> thinking about making a chance, I was like, bro, we, we know you're his guy. Like, that was so weird to me. Like, come on, Chris. We, I mean, come on, what, what, what are we doing here? So, so, so if, so just to add context to that Beal conversation, right? So I'm, I just pulled up the article so we knew. Um, so he has a $36.4 million player option for for the upcoming year. Not right. this year, but the upcoming year. Yeah, yeah. And so as of this summer, he's eligible for a four-year $182 million uh, extension, which would put him at $218 million uh, total value for the next right. five years. Uh, or if he waits and then opts out next summer, he's eligible to for a five-year Two hundred and thirty-five million, so about seventeen million more if he if he waits till the following offseason. So the money is negligible if he waits it out. He now is the time for him to really make the make the decision. To be honest, uh, and this is the time that he's applying pressure. So yeah, is, there, is there any dark horses or dark? You think maybe Dame will try and get CJ sent to the Wizards and get Beal to Portland or something like that? I mean, I think they're just repeating the. I think it's like you know. Beal's better than McCollum, but it's the same archetype. You know, smaller mm-hmm. guard, not a great defender. I, I, don't, I don't know if you can win, you know. I, I, you could win with it, but I just think it's so heavily – Dame is so heavy on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think Beal Bill, is good off the ball too, but I think it's just, just the same kind of archetype. They, like, Portland really needs a wing player. Like, mm-hmm. people were stabbing me in the back or getting upset when I said, you know, they should really push CJ for Ben with the way his, uh, his value is. That to me that helps both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just they need they need to they need they need front line help badly. You know, Melo is playing way too many starter minutes. Yeah, for that, and I just I, I don't love you know the Canner Nurk uh, center combo. They yeah. had uh, Norman Powell right six four playing a three. It's just a real small team, man. And just get they got eight up in the playoffs. You think you think um, Lakeup Joe Lakeup since since I know you got the 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 Bay Area. <laughs> fan base in your mentions half the time when you're talking about stuff is is Laker ready to spend that kind of money on Beal? Yeah, the, the I mean the money you know they they pay for that stadium you know there was no taxpayer money with that stuff like they have okay. the money it's just a matter of you know are they going to spend it they were try but, but I was told before you know Steph Dre and Clay was like nah apply pressure they were going to try to do the San Antonio thing like run with the core and try okay. to add a bunch of young pieces and you know build and kind of bridge it that way. Yeah. But you know, Steph Clay and Dre are like, no, 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 no. We're not going out there with seven guys who play a year removed from G League basketball. Like, yeah. We're not doing that. So like, we've won three rings. We helped build this stadium. Now nah, get some shit done. You owe us now. Come on. You know, after yeah. we built this. So yeah, I think I think fans, fans gotta understand that like it is very it is incredibly I, I've almost never seen it. Like it's incredibly hard to be a championship caliber contender every single year and develop guys just, at the just, same time. Like I said, really I, I, I think like, and I give San Antonio credit, but finding Kawhi, that, that was, that, that there's a lot of luck involved in, in yeah. like, you know, to their credit, they did develop them. Like, they did a lot of work, but 
that just doesn't happen much. Were you able to have that and then throw just throw a guy in there and, and he's a starter and clearly the future of your franchise by, by year two, you can see the development coming. That just doesn't yeah. happen you know, yeah, that, yeah. that often. And then the way they're talking, they were talking like you see that they went on the radio talking about we anticipate Wiseman being along with the core, like all that's quieted down the last week or so. If you paid attention, it's just not going to happen. So is, is Draymond going to finish this season? Is, is he going to be in a Warriors uniform before the season's done? Yeah, I think he is. I think they love him. I think a lot of it's just media smoke. I think that today was funny. He got upset with the Warriors <laughs> IG account because they don't put enough Draymond content up. You know, I, I just. Warriors is not going to be able to get him out of there. <laughs> right. I just think I, a lot of it is a lot of teams that you, you got to change a lot to add a guy like Draymond too, right? Just, you know, he's a special, he's a, you know, Swiss Army knife player, but you got to have a specific type of roster to make sure that, you know, he's productive. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other part about trading him that becomes a little bit tough. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, last thing before we get out of here, uh, Team USA. I oh, think my God. Yeah, I think it was like the first loss in like 25 games or something. Like it was ridiculous. They, they lost their opening game. That It matters now. They lost their opening game. It was on at 5, 5 a.m. Uh, Pacific. They lost to France. Um, they were up late of late 16 to two run, you know, kind of finished them off. I think the same issues me and Kings discuss one, no point guard, uh, two mm-hmm. bad perimeter defense. And they just, to me, they just, they don't have enough rope, like enough dirty work guys. Like I think even in 2016, even though the top end talent wasn't there, you had clay great off ball player does dirty work. Uh, Jimmy Butler, good off ball does dirty work, uh, defends those two were high level defenders. Even Kyrie is, is exceptional off ball, you know, between playing with, you know, LeBron at that time. Mm-hmm. So they just don't have those type of guys this year. And you see Pop, uh, Drew barely got there and played a bunch of minutes. Like that's yep. how what Pop thinks of these defensive players. on the <laughs> Drew like was <laughs> off the plane and played a gang of minutes. So uh, then you got the reports about the players complaining about the offense, which I will say, <laughs> I think that has some merit. It's a lot of the San Antonio move and move, you know, and that was KD's complaint about Kerr. Like kind of just let us hoop. Um, I love the Kings got some stuff to say about KD. If you don't be able to lead this team of gold, <laughs> I'm not so. even gonna get into KD like that. Really, it's honestly just an indictment on the whole approach of the NBA style in general. Honestly. Right, I, right. That's I think really I, yeah. even the French players. They interviewed the French players. They were like, they have a lot of talent, but that team can be beaten if you play together. Like they were saying it in, in yeah. like interviews. So. Where you guys are Team USA, my thing is for a team that, that kind of got thrown together late, it's going to be rough because they don't – I think they only have one top ten player in, in KD. You know, Dan can be arguable, but he's even he's on the back end of that, even if he is on that to you. So where are you with their medal chances? Because I'm, I'm trying to imagine how they beat, you know, Lucas' team. I'm trying to imagine how they beat Australia. You know, just some of these teams who are really packed with, you know, good guard play and execute who have been together. Uh, those are going to be tough games. So where, where are you guys with that? Yeah, I, I think I think continuity is probably their biggest issue. Yeah. And, and I, in addition to the roster construction. Um, hey, look, man, <laughs> if you're not going to play defense, bro, just go ahead and get your recruiting off and, right. and just go home early, bro. <laughs> like, what, what do you want me to say? But I, I will say this. There's, you know, we keep making the joke joke that, um, you know, like this is like the ball, this is ball don't stops, like favorite, like this is his <laughs> roster construction. And like, I, I say that jokingly, but I'm also kind of being serious. Like you got too many guys that just want to not shoot the ball, but it's like, 
does it i don't know if you guys have seen it but like does it feel like this team it gets a little bit too jump shooting jump yes. shooting happy yes like when it comes to like like and, they're, and, they're, it, and they're all contested yeah yeah and and, <laughs> and they and they shoot it like the the you know like as a coach you probably see the rhythm like some of those those guys that shoot the ball they shoot it like they don't know when that next shot is going to eventually come back to them so that's they, they have point. to shoot it now that's a and, great and, point and i think that hurts their chemistry it hurts their rhythm i think everything you got i think everything you said maples is right like they don't got like they got bam they got draymond who play within themselves and stuff like that but they don't have guys that like they're just like, look, man, I don't need to shoot the ball. I'm just gonna go do all this other work and, and let these other guys do what they do. And I think that kind of messes with the rhythm. I will say one thing that's opened my eyes is I think maybe this is opening eyes to the national audience as to maybe Dame is more of a scoring guard and not a traditional point guard. I was and saying that because you know Steph gets all the flag for not being a point guard. I was yeah, like, are we, yeah. are we watching this? Kings, go ahead, bro. And I, that plays into uh, what uh, Yoda was saying. <laughs> his positions of basketball, but uh, uh, he's a he's a point guard, but he's not a like people need to understand. You can be a point guard, but you can be a scorer. So he's not a facilitator. That's what the term people are his, looking. His for. natural his natural disposition is to score, yeah. but score, he can yes. he can make passes if there's an obvious like this is this is like the Paul George the Kawhi thing. Like if, if you put him in pick and roll. And there's an obvious pass to somebody; they'll make that pass because they're but they're then, good basketball players. They won't create the pass. I, I yes. Yeah. yeah, create yeah. the pass. Slow down the game to set the offense yeah. up to know where everyone has to be. If yeah. you like, when you run the offense, do you know if this person's out of place and where to you know dribble a ball to make sure they can get in alignment? That's what facilitators do. Dame Litter is not a facilitator. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's what people need are asking. We need facilitators because we don't have down to me and say you need you know. Like somebody said, uh, was tweeting, need a FaceTime session with Chris Paul, man. Get him on the phone. <laughs> like, hey, bro, can come. We need help running the offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's the type of point guards you need is that guy's going to be, hey, fellas, we need to get in position. You need to get right here. You need to get right here. All right, let's run, let's run offense now. Yeah, so if Neil, Neil Oshie, if you're listening to this podcast, because you probably are, because I don't think you know what you're doing, go ahead and trade CJ for Ben Simmons. You need to get Dame <laughs> off the ball. Let him shoot the ball and let Ben run the offense. Right, that was yeah, man. <laughs> so, so the, the, the obviously the loss inspired. Like this morning was a big thing. Um, is the world catching up? My response is the world. Um, I'm not saying they're close, but I'll say um, they're at, they've made enough strides to the point where we just can't send a, a, a B minus C plus team over yeah. there and inspect a window and just hope that they you know gallop to a gold medal. Like they made the world has made enough strides. Like like the country, like country to country. United States is still the the standard for basketball. You know, it's just because it's, it's the main sport. A lot of these guys play. So soccer is the number one sport in the world everywhere else, right? So it's like it's not the it's not the primary sport for a lot of guys. But you know, you look at the top ten. No, you go Jokic, uh, Giannis, obviously top of the world right now. Jokic the MVP. So you know, obviously the world's making strides. But do you guys think there's there's gonna do you ever think there's gonna be a point where you know there'll be a country that's more known for basketball than the United States. Are we way far? Are we are we or are we way beyond you know, far from that? We far like we're we're going to be old men before that's even considered. Yeah, so I I don't know I don't know if there'll be a country that's known more for basketball than the United States. Is everybody wants to come to the U.S. to play basketball and yeah, get that yeah, sort right, of fame yeah, and yeah. stuff like? But yeah. I will I will say from like a competitive standpoint, there was a reason that we had to send like Kobe back. Like we had to send Kobe on that Olympic team back because Spain and Argentina were, and, and yeah, I think 
I'm pretty sure it was Spain and Argentina. They looked like they had they had players on their teams that were like, oh, okay, we're, we could beat we could beat the U.S. Right. Like, well, we're not backing down from these guys. So I, I think it's a good thing that other countries are like. And then we we saw this like with the Nigerian team. Like there are a lot of players who have some sort of relation or some sort of ancestry with some of these countries, um, and they're gonna go play for their national teams because they know that they're gonna get burned. You know, like they're gonna be able to play on that national team when they don't play on the U.S. But I think the U.S. will still be known. You know what else says? You know what else before before I came? You know what else? The shock and awe is gone too. From the the shock gone since I think two thousand. We like it was a close brush, and then after two thousand four, when they took the bronze, barely. I think uh, you know the shock and awe is gone. It's like okay, we we can beat these guys. Like they're they're good, but if we execute and and knock shots down, you know you can beat this beat this team. Kings, uh, what do you what what do you say on this? Yeah, man. I think for the world. Like, it just comes down to the fact that, you know, the NBA is shifting to the world definitely is getting better talent. Like, it's just been shifting that way over the years. Even, like I say, even in 08, we had a tough gold medal game. You know what I mean? Then you go to 2012, same thing. Another tough gold medal game. 2016, same thing. You know what I mean? It took heroics every single Olympics to, <laughs> to win that gold. So it's like, it's always been tough. You know what I mean? It was always been tough, even with the best guys we were sending. The only time we dominated was in 92, right, with the Dream Team. But that's because of the talent disparity we had to the rest of the world. It's not there no more. You know what I mean? That talent disparity is not there like that no more, where you can, you know, half-ass and think you're going to win. That's why you saw three L's with Team USA. Yeah, yeah, you 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 can't approach the FIBA Olympics or the regular. You can't like it clearly. You can't approach it like it's a it's a pickup game at your local twenty four hour fitness that you okay. with with four of your buddies. Like that's just not going to work anymore because these teams it's, are prepared. You know, you know what's really killing the team too? That no defensive three seconds. It's yeah. like the lane is super closed off. Like remember, Rudy Gobert was just able to just you know there was a funny offensive highlight where he tried to score on a couple small guys and threw up some BS. But defensively, he didn't have to lead a key. Yeah, got Draymond and Bam out there. He's like, I don't have to guard them outside the key like that. And you saw he only scored 76 points. He made a hell for them, you know? So Yeah, and, and and then also you look at the factor of this factor. When people talk about, oh, we still send our best guys, KD, Steph, LeBron. Um, you talk about Kawhi. These are all guys who are in their 30s or about to be 30. I, I want people to understand that. <laughs> When we look at is the world catching up, you just name dudes who are on the way out. Yeah. So in 2024, when these dudes are pushing 40. Or retired you know, already. Who, the, who under 30, who are in their early 30s and who young. When you actually look at the players who are at t- the top of those lists, you see a lot of those international guys. Yeah. You see, you're going to see the Victor women, women, women Yamas. You're going to see the, uh, you know, the Lucas. You're gonna see, you know, the SGA, SGAs. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. To your point, first of all, I think they made a terrible mistake not sending Zion over there. Like that's kind of built right. for yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Definitely. But you, but you see, my point is that yeah, yeah, yeah. when you look at the young talent in the league, yeah, the international game is catching up, bro. Like like it, when 2024 and beyond, it's look 2024 and beyond. People better be better be prepared. Is they're gonna be in for some shocks, bro? But that's all I have to say. Woo! You're going to end on that note, man. First of all, follow our guest, uh, Vinay Killawala, at VKillum, uh on Twitter, you know. Fellas, 
just just real quick, I just oh, want to ask you guys why something. Have we ever seen a hyped phenom? Like Luca should have been this, right? Luca should have yeah. been that based on what he accomplished, but he didn't get that. But because of Luca, we are now seeing a hype phenom that is not from the States with Victor Wimanyama. He is getting a ton of praise right. from AAU circuit guys, from high school guys. They are saying this is the guy. Remember, everyone was in love with Imani Bates two, three years ago. Yeah. He's I mean, as, as soon as as soon as last year, I remember everybody talking right. about Imani against Chet. Yeah, you know what I'm crazy. You know, you know what the thing is? I'm a little older than y'all. This reminds me, and first of all, I think Wimbledon is a very is a much better project. When I tell you they was gassing Ricky Rubio, remember the gas that yeah, Ricky Rubio? Like, it was unheard of, bro. They, like, they thought like, he was gonna be Luca. They thought yeah, he was like this is what the Wimbledon reminds me. Like I have not seen gas like this on it, but I think when I was watching Wimbledon, I was like, okay, he might be him though. I yeah. just remember the gas Rubio. It was so funny. I remember I was thinking about this. I said the other day, I was like, they haven't gassed a foreigner like this. Since since uh since Rubio, bro, I mean, they thought he was going to be Jason Kidd, two three Yeah, and and, <laughs> and you know, uh, I think Kings, you bring up a good point. Like, I mean, we we already see it with quality basketball players: Giannis, foreign, Luca, foreign, Jokic, foreign. Like, and then there's a lot of role players like that are that are making names for themselves. But Adam Silver wants the NBA to be a global sport. He yeah. wants people. He wants it to be that way. So more foreign players, not that, it, and it's not a bad thing by any means. I think it's good because it forces the U.S. born players to not sit on their laurels and think like, oh, this is just easy. I can just go anywhere right, I right. want because you got other guys that play a certain way. So I, th- I think, I think it's really good. Um, and I, and I agree with Kings. Like, I think, I think the talent around the league, the NBA is, go- the NBA has already gone to Africa. They've already established basketball camps there. The NBA is going to India and they're trying to establish basketball camps there and cultivate some sort of like, try to find like the cream of the crop athletes that they can find or develop them out there. So there's a concerted effort by the NBA to get international uh, players to come to the U S to play basketball. So this is not going to stop anytime soon. Like they're, they're going to try also, and get these guys in here. Also because they recognize, you know, how their appeal of the game, how they make the house, how their game is going to grow. They understand because yeah. of how, how basketball resonates in the international community. That's their Avenue for growth. The Adams, people hate want to say anything else ever. The correct thing he identified is that they're not going to surpass the NFL in America. They yep, correctly identified this, and as a result, is used is trying to appeal to the international markets. He knows that's the best chance for growth of the market. Also, best also going to maximize talent. And you will if you globalize again, you will really really have a world champion. So all these type of people who send these weird old epithets is like, oh, I see what Adam Silver is doing. Blah blah blah. Man, shut up. Look, first of all, if you really the cream of the crop, you want everybody to come through and you want to give everybody the business either way. So I don't even want to hear all that weird old bullshit that everybody's saying. But I see what he's trying to do. Not nah, if you nice, you nice. Period. Point blank. And second of all, like you said, basketball is a global sport. It's for everyone to play, you know what I mean? Making it accessible brings more type of play style, brings more creativity, makes it more beautiful. That's how soccer, you know, or football evolved over the years. So when you brought more people from various cultures, we bring play style. That's why we have the Spain pick and roll. Yes. Uh, every team is trying to spam it every single time. You know, people talk about the high pick and roll and they look at how hard and them get all those numbers that they, that they, that they praise. That came from Spain. You know what I mean? That came from globalizing the game. So it's going to add new elements. It's going to add new things. It's going to make it fun. That's what it's about, man. Like, all these weirdo agendas, 
if your if your players are nice, they're gonna be better than other players. Period. Point blank. Right, and that goes greatly with our conversation we had about you know the the hint of uh you know kind of not discrimination but the you know the the eyebrow raising got some of the international players dominance, you know, the Jokic and Giannis. So that, that, that was a good bowl in that, uh, Kings. Anyway, follow V kill him, V kill him tapping in last minute today, man. Uh, giving <laughs> us good knowledge, the, 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 the cap knowledge. Appreciate you, bro. Follow him at V kill him, um, at it's Kings, bro. On Twitter, myself, JJ Maples underscore, um, JJ Maples, uh, 55 underscore MST. Excuse me. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, subscribe to the pod, rate us, uh, leave feedback. We appreciate all of it. Um, yeah, man, Timberland Hoop was going to Vegas, man. You guys, you know, yes, got us popping on Blue Wire. They invited us out to record in their studio, um, you know, gave us a room at the wind where it is. We appreciate you. ever click listen. Wow, wow. Look, 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 look at this Hollywood. Look at all this Hollywood. <laughs> First you get the shout out of TNT. Now you yeah, got so, it. Nah, right, but look, bro. man, nah. So we appreciate that. Nah, this is like real talk for everybody who, <laughs> who click on this every week, man. Yes, sir. I have it downloaded automatically. Uh, the numbers look great. They invited us out, man. They get, we get to go see summer league games, link up with some other cats on, on the network, man. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Just from the bottom of Mabel's heart, we started this off just kind of catting. Kings came on here making fun of the Clippers. We never knew that it would blow up to this level. <laughs> but uh, I, I, will say, I will say this, Mabel, just, I'm, I, not to interrupt you. Uh, I, I was a guest, I think, on your show maybe like a year ago or a year and a yeah. half ago. And we talked, we chopped it up about the Lakers and stuff. And I remember, I remember I told you in a DM long before, I think right, right before you added Kings as, as your co-host that, um, that you were a bridge of chaos when it came to basketball <laughs> and you had so many fan bases warring with each other, Pelicans versus Lakers, Lakers versus Clippers, all that sort of stuff. But I think, I think this show has been, you know, and I'll always continue to say this, this show has continued to be a wonderful, like change, like a, a refreshing change to the way that we talk about basketball. And I know you guys get your jokes off and, and you know, we talk about it. You guys talk about agendas, but this is the way that basketball should be talked about. Talk about it fairly. Talk about it with context. Make make the jokes, but have context and, and keep it real hoop. So so I, I enjoy it a lot. I'm always honored to be here. Man, we ended on that note. We're going to record that, put the video out. <laughs> that's a commercial. That's a Temple Hoop commercial right there, man. We appreciate y'all. We, we out of here. Appreciate it, man.